1: about film news television and other pertinent pop culture related items i'm ryan oliver and today i'm here with playlist editor chief rodrigo perez how are you doing tonight rod good how are you i'm doing well uh we're here to discuss uh we're here to discuss the changeling uh, which severin films just uh, put out on blu-ray the 1980 uh, canadian film uh, directed by peter Medak. medak medak I don't. Do uh, I think it's it? Medak. Medak, awesome. And,
0: uh, and little interesting uh, note: he's Hungarian, and his name was actually Medak Peter, but he changed it um, when he came to Hollywood.
1: I did not know that. Names,
0: when he started, uh, I, I wouldn't know if Hollywood is the right way to say. I would actually say the UK. Mm-hmm. So that's where he. Uh, his parents went to interesting
1: i did not know that but yes directed by peter Medak, starring george c scott um so we're going to dive in sever and just put out a a brand new uh restoration of the film uh, but before we get into it proper i just want to give a shout out if this is your first time listening to this podcast that you can uh subscribe to us over uh, at the playlist podcast feed you can subscribe to us on itunes stitcher soundcloud or however you listen to podcasts and um if you enjoy our show or if you don't enjoy our show, if you just hate listening for some <laughs> reason, uh, drop us a line, send us an email or a comment, just, uh, you know, say hi and, um, let us know. And, um, you know, we'd love to hear from you and, and we might even read some of them on the show at, at some point if we, if we get some, so, uh, so keep it, um, so yeah, I was gonna say keep it coming, but we haven't really got any. So if you have some, uh, just send it our way. Um, so let's, I, I guess let's dive in, um this is a film that I guess had been on my radar for a long time to see. And, um, Mm -hmm. I had never really gotten around to it. It it felt like it was, um, you know, I'd heard good things about it. It's a, it's a Canadian horror movie, as I mentioned. And it's, uh, largely it's set in Seattle where I live and it's, uh, filmed here as well as, uh, Vancouver, BC. And, uh, it's, it's one of those horror movies that seem to, um, come off the uh success of the exorcist like there were movies like this and the sentinel these, these were like uh i guess like classier horror movies that were seen as classier mm-hmm. horror movies and like like you know george c scott is the star of this so they would uh cast someone with a little bit more prestige to them instead of like your typical like genre fair. but this is the first time that uh i had seen this movie and i was gonna ask you um had you seen this movie before um if you have, what did you feel about it then? And uh, what, what were your thoughts upon uh, revisiting this this new uh, transfer of the film?
0: I'd actually never seen it before, um, which is a little bit of a, a big blind spot. Um, but also, it's one of those things that, like, um, it's one of those films that doesn't really have the reputation that it should. Yes. Um, it It's phenomenal. And when I finished watching it, I was like, this reminds me of, like, You know, and it's a Canadian production and stuff. And uh, it's almost like this is Canada's uh, The Shining, you know. It's, like, so good.
1: It's very good.
0: Um, It's incredible. And, um, you know, it does have some of its boosters. Like, I think uh, it's one of the things it's kind of known for in in more ways than the movie itself is the fact that a few years ago, maybe several years ago now, um, yeah, like almost maybe – like almost closing in on 10 is that Martin scores 80 to the list of the 11 most scariest films of all time for his list. And the changeling was on it.
1: Yes. That's um, how I and, first heard about
0: it. Yeah. It's funny. I've had a, uh, maybe since that time I've had it on VHS. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've had a copy of it on VHS for probably a good 10 years. Um, and I never got around to it. And then probably for the last five years, I haven't had a working VHS player. <laughs> yeah,
1: fair enough. So, um, just been sitting there collecting dust along with the yes. rest of the VHS tapes. <laughs> yes,
0: yes, I don't really have much of a VHS collection anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, a real seminal horror, fi- horror film. And, uh, you know, for obviously for, for like a one, um, uh, the, it won like a, the best picture for, um. Uh, the Canadian equivalent of the Oscars, the Genies, and it won like like best picture and probably was nominated or received like eight awards or something. It was really really a big deal, um, and, and it just doesn't seem to have you know quite gotten its due. I mean, you know, it's not you know it's not coming out. Uh, you know, God bless uh Severin, um, but you know it's not coming out on you know I don't know Criterion or. Or, uh or some you know big Warner thing you know it's mm-hmm. a it's still kind of a cult classic thing um and uh definitely a lot of <laughs> you know a lot more people need to know about it it's like it's really phenomenal
1: it really is and it, and it's shocking and and um this isn't meant to be disrespect because I, I I love Severin um and and like you said god bless Severin but it's kind of surprising that they're uh putting this out and I'm glad they did just just given that you know, I love a lot of the work they do, but the like the films that I, I have purchased from them are like Zombie Three and Zombie Four and Eaten Alive. Like they're more straight up exploitation movies, like forgotten exploitation films. And the Changeling, as you mentioned, it has at least somewhat of a reputation. It's it's a, it's a very reputable film, it's a very classy film, and it's it's shocking that it hadn't gotten a release up until this point, but again, I'm glad that it did. Um I also thought uh, Canadian Shining is a good uh, way of looking at it. I also thought, it, yeah. uh, as a, a Canadian, don't look now a little bit as well. Yes, I thought yes. a lot about thank that movie. Thank you,
0: thank you, because I actually had thought about it when I was watching, and I thought, wow, this really reminds me of uh, Don't Look Now, and I and that just totally escaped me. But thank you because it, there's a a similar uh, look, tone, and feel for sure, for yes. sure,
1: absolutely, much much similar. Like I mean, not one-to-one but like especially george c C. scott's character um having to you know not only you know he has to continue to live his life like he's just experienced this horrible event that's happened to him and his family yeah Yeah, but he's uh and and just yeah reminded me a lot of donald sutherland in that movie where it's like you know you have to carry on but like at what point you know but you're still harboring that grief uh beneath you uh so i thought of that movie a lot i also thought of a lot um it's not a horror movie, but I thought a lot about blowout a little bit. The De Palma movie just, just in the sense of like this series of events unveiled this sort of like, like when the, the sort of politics get involved, like it's not one-to-one, like it's more political corruption in oh, in yeah, 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 blowout, like the but just, that comes yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is more like a sort of like moral corruption, uh, more than yes. anything, I think. But, um, but like there there there's certain elements of that movie that kind of reminded me of it too and and to the point where i'm like there was like a moment where i'm like what movie am i in but then realized like as it all came together went oh this is this is actually like pretty pretty gut punching um and and yeah i'm 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 right there with you i really i i love this movie
0: And, and you know what like for you know we should pause for a second and and for context, why don't you explain what this movie is about and and what it is really? Because some people are gonna, you know what I mean? Like, like let's oh, break sure. it down a little bit, yeah, and nuts and bolts. Because I bet you a lot of people don't know this film.
1: Absolutely, I should. <clears throat> uh, I, you know, I know we're we're both really excited to talk about it. We're just like, yes, this thing about it. Yeah, <laughs> people yeah. listening are like, what the hell is this movie about? Um, so George C. Scott plays a uh he's a composer and uh at the very beginning of the movie um he's driving back with his wife and his child um they're they're in the snow i don't know if they're getting a christmas tree or they're they're doing but they're doing something it doesn't matter but he, they they have a they have a problem with the car he stops alongside the road um to use the payphone and um there's a a car coming one direction swerving out of control who's threatening to go into a truck coming the other direction uh, the truck swarms and, out. Of well,
0: the- keep it short. It's like a tragedy, right? Like you know what's
1: happening. You know what's happening. I guess like yeah. like we all like that setup. You know exactly what happens. Um, so he's he's living in New York. He cannot live in the same place anymore after that. So he takes a job at Seattle, at the University of Washington, um, and he flies over there and he rents a house from the Historical Building Society and when he moves in this house he sees you know there there's a there's a presence there's there's a poltergeist of some sort in his house and um it, it's not just like and it isn't through a lot of it you think that um or at least i thought i don't want to speak for anybody else i thought it would be it, it was simply a manifestation of his own grief or um the the sort of uh, spirit speaking to him would be um, his his family, uh, their unfinished business, um, and the further the movie goes down, uh, you realize that isn't the case, and it has a lot more. It gets a lot more thorny. It gets a lot more interesting as you're watching this man who not only has to deal with his own grief, he has to kind of bear this haunting and this grief from this other spirit uh, who has its own reasons for being there. Um, so it gets, it gets really thorny. It gets really complicated and it gets really um, pretty harrow. I mean, it's pretty harrowing throughout, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's a really fascinating film.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's essentially a haunted house movie. Yes. Um, in, 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 but it also kind of a haunted house movie in the same sense. That the shining is a haunted house movie.
1: Yes, it's, it is much more, it's not about ghosts just coming out and saying boo, or like, you know, I mentioned a a poltergeist, like even less so than poltergeist. And I love that movie, but like that movie is just a straight up, like a thrill ride uh, about like haunted spirits. And this movie, this movie is much more somber. It's much more methodical. It's much more introspective. Um, But to say that it's like, I mean, the movie has its fair share of legitimately terrifying moments there's there's just there's striking imagery in this movie that um you know some like one particularly involving a bathtub one particularly involving a wheelchair um and moments in that score too that just like they they won't they won't leave your brain anytime soon when when you see the movie
0: yeah i mean that's the other thing that um you know I, i keep going back to the the genies, which are the Canadian Oscars, but like it's craft is amazing. And unfortunately and it was, it was recognized as such. Like it won, uh, an art design award. It won cinematography. It won best sound, Good. best, best sound editing, which is like amazing because that like the, the craft of this movie is fantastic. It looks so great. I mean, you have to give a, a, like the art directions and fantastic, but you have to give this amazing shout out to, to John Coquillon, who is the, uh, the cinematographer, and he's not really a name. People go like, "Who the hell's that?" But he, you know, had a strong uh, working relationship with uh, Sam Peckinpah. And he shot Straw Dogs, and he shot Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, Cross of Iron, The Osterman Weekend, um, and and the cinematography is just so amazing you know at one point i actually like i was like oh my god who did this and i had to pause and, and like the first thing i thought it was gordon willis because oh, the thing yeah. is so dark and it's so full of shadows you know mm-hmm. and and it's like i just kept thinking oh i did i was like oh my god is this something gordon willis shot that i didn't know and i like you know had to like run to the dvd and pause was Like, oh i don't even know who this guy is um but the the look of it is is uh is, I mean, it's, it's, some of it, it's like, it's funny, you know, you hear stories of like, uh, of the Godfather and, and and how um, Paramount was just like, really upset with the way he had shot it, and how it was way too dark. And, you know, and, and while we're here, I mean, if you watch that movie, there's some parts that are crazy you know for such a big movie it's so dark and you're like how they get away with this you know like oh, you yeah. can understand why the studio was pissed off right oh, yeah. It's supposed to be a, a big big thing and I felt the same way about this I was like, wow they're just really going for it this is so textured and shadow and it's so dark and uh, but they just they just don't let up on it and it gives it this incredible haunting mood. Um, so yeah, like it's, I think that's a big part of its success for sure. And it's score too, by Rick Wilkins, who's not really a name, but, um, uh, it is really, really striking and, and it's just unnerving and and freaky in that same way that the kind of, that the shining is. And also like, don't look now.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's, uh, like I said, it's surprising. It's not known very well. It's, um, it's met. Interesting that you mentioned that John uh, Coquillian, hopefully I'm, I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, I actually didn't know, I didn't research, um, but now that you say he was the cinematographer of Straw Dogs, that kind of makes sense. I think a lot of the house sequences remind me a lot of the the finale of that movie, like how dark that is and, and where that um, movie ultimately yeah. goes, I think of that. Um, yes, the score the is phenomenal. Um, we should also mention that the the Blu-ray actually has a, uh, cd copy of the score in it um which is really really cool um i also want to like point out um uh, like talk about george c scott a little bit in this movie um because he's uh like quite good and I, I find it interesting um a little bit that um i think of like these uh this happened a lot in the the 70s and 80s or maybe like late 60s to maybe like the mid 80s where you had an actor who was um who was known for for uh television or they were like great in early film roles uh but as they got older uh they weren't finding work as much and so they would get these parts in these um in these horror movies like I'm I'm thinking of like Martin Landau I'm thinking of Cameron Mitchell but George C Scott uh, well, for one, like defies that. It's not like it was hard for him to find work or anything because he's like terrific in it. But I also find it interesting that he's very good in this movie and also like seemed to make a career, uh, towards the end of his life being in, um, horror movies largely. Right, right. He's in, he was in Firestarter. He's in Firestarter. He's in, uh, Exorcist 3. Um, right. he's in, I feel like there was one other big one somewhere, but, um, but at least those were the two that I was. Thinking he's great. He's
0: great in in uh, Firestarter. I love that movie.
1: In oh Firestarter, I will have to rewatch it. Yep. I was never he is good in that movie. I was never super crazy about uh, Firestarter, but I'll have to maybe get it, give it another uh, another look. I know. I think did Tangerine Dream do the score for that movie? Like that was one thing I remember, like really taking away I, from. I that.
0: believe they did. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen that. Um, yes, they did do it. Um, okay. That is one of the yeah I, the. It, it's it's very good. It's probably really dated. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. But um, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, he, he's 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 really really great in it. And uh, I mean, everyone I hope knows who George C. Scott is. I would assume uh, he's it's Patton for those. Yeah.
1: Who, if 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 you need a quick lesson.
0: <laughs> um. But, um. Yeah, but he's also uh, you know Doctor Strangelove. right? Yes, of course. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um. He did a lot of TV. He did. Uh, you know. He was oh he's in the hospital too have you ever seen the hospital
1: i haven't no that's oh my god the hospital is
0: so good um arthur hiller uh written by patty chayefsky um that's it's funny um patty chayefsky right
1: there is like okay i'm sold
0: (laughs) yeah yeah patty chayefsky wrote um uh network Mm -hmm. um and uh that's a i mean just to go on a bit of a tangent that's like sort of a uh uh almost analogous oh, for drama it's this amazing uh uh drama that a lot of people don't know and it's like it was nominated for best original screenplay that's all it got but uh and the hospital's fantastic
1: nice okay it's, it's really good i will have to go back and and seek that out but um but yeah i think like back to georgie e. scott just a little bit like he he sure. impresses me greatly in this movie i mean just yeah, and similarly, like I mentioned, the same way that that Donald Sutherland does in, in Don't Look Now, in that he just kind of has to be he has to be like he's not, um, you know, the movie's not it's devastating, but it's not like overwrought and melodramatic. He's a person who's like, this thing happened to me. It's awful. But he's not like suicidal or anything. He's like, I, I'm still going to live my life. And so he has to like continuously deal with that and um
0: although at the same time i feel like it's funny like you know it's a 1980s movie and it sort of gets away with this kind of thing like that you know his 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 you know i mean, there's no spoiler here it's it's i'm sure it's in the synopsis like so you know his family dies in this and that changes his life um the timeline in the movie is like four months later he's teaching again and he's moved to seattle and his he's like kind of like fine <laughs> yes and it's like kind of one of those constructs of like 80s movies and stuff like that that you just kind of like let go like a movie that would if that if they redid that movie now he would be you know they would have at least one scene of him being like you know just really really tortured and can't get out of bed or something you know like it or mm-hmm. it would cut to you know it make more sense that that movie would be like cut to like a year later, a year and a half later, you know, like four months later. And he's just like kind of normal. Like it's, he's lost his whole family. I had to chuckle at that, but it's sort of a, a very uh 80s kind
1: of thing, I, I agree. And yes, if it was done today, it would be like, like you said, either the like tough to get out of bed or it'd be drinking, like you know, there'd be like a fifth, fifth of whiskey like scattered around the bed somewhere, sure, um, it'd be something,
0: know. something to signify that he's going through something. But there's almost like nothing in this movie,
1: <laughs> right? 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 No, it's true. Um, and I'm like, you know, even like privately, but you, but like that happens with people like people do grieve in their own way and it does take this like a different amount of time and uh you know again if something happens to you you know a a family member but you're the 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 breadwinner or you're the you know you have to continue working but i i do agree there are moments that that are like oh like it doesn't seem like anything happened he just seems very stoic but then as things start to kind of spiral in the house a lot of that comes out um to a degree, and then there's the obsession of like kind of figuring out this this central mystery as to why there's this uh, entity um, in is in this house and and the history and and why why it happened.
0: Yeah, totally. It, it, uh, it's totally forgivable because it's just something that you kind of you know movies back then are a little bit different, but it, it is kind of amusing. Um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Peter Med- Maddox's career because it's if you look at it, it's like my God, it's so it's all over the place it is i mean he's really only known for you know the ruling class which he did in the 70s mm-hmm. um this um the craze in 1990 i haven't um, seen that
1: but i i mean i know um, of it
0: yeah it's it's a it's a it's a it's a 90s uh i guess called classic as it would be considered these days um it also, i probably, nobody knows it, but I just remember him for Romeo is Bleeding in, in 1993 because I believe, um, oh, Gary Oldman was in it and, um, uh, he was on that hot streak. It was right around that time when Gary Oldman was in, um, uh, uh, uh True Romance.
1: Right. Right.
0: And, 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 Gary Oldman was in this, this, uh, it's like a neo, neo-noir crime thriller. Um, and maybe. Uh, you know Juliette Lewis is in it. Roy Scheider, uh, Lena Olin, Annabelle Ciora and anyhow, I don't know if people remember that one, but it, it was kind of big at the time. But and and then you know he's got like Species Two, um, right? He, his career is just like he he, he is just really all over the place. A lot of television, uh, yeah. And then and then he and then he he uh, uh, sort of segued into te- television for the rest of his life, you know, or the sorry the late period of his life from like two thousand. You know, even earlier he did that, but he did like a bunch of episodes of The Wire, mm-hmm. um, Carnival, Bad. Yeah, Breaking Bad. He did an episode, uh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and his and his Hannibal episodes, I remember specifically being really. I mean, I don't know if you ever watched Hannibal, but it I was have. so good. Yeah, and his episodes were great. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a, a very uh, weird career. Uh, he did 1981 Zorro, the Gay Blade. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a it's a pretty interesting one.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really you. You would think that. Um, I mean, you would think after making a movie like this, that's so um, like carefully constructed and, and very like masterful. Like, I mean, I don't want to be like too hyperbolic, but like it's a supremely well-made film. Oh, for and, sure, for and sure, and so it's it's shocking to me that there wasn't like a, a like abundance of work. Uh, coming his way uh, after making this movie. But then again, I don't, um, I don't know. That seemed to happen a lot in this era. Like, and I wish I could think of a specific example, but there'd be this one great film where you're like this, like, why didn't this filmmaker go on to do other things? Like they'd have this one great movie and then it would have just a weird, weird uh,
0: career path after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um... but then again, maybe, maybe the, the fact that it was like, you know, um, you know, this more of this Canadian production more. I mean, it's got all these names in it. There's barely any Canadian actors to really that you would think of. But it uh, was, you know, Canadian production and it was smaller. Um, it I, I guess it made actually quite a bit of money for the time. Five point three million Um but it just never got its kind of due and then maybe that's part of it, you know part of it you know these days this guy this is the kind of movie like you know for people who are looking for like context this is the kind of movie that would come out on A24 and it would be like this art house horror yeah it would have been um, a witch or
1: a it comes at night yes yes hereditary exactly. that's the
0: kind of that's the kind of context we probably should have given the listener way up front <laughs> but but yeah it's uh um, it's that kind of film and it's, uh, it's artfully made. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's that kind of psychological horror. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it would be, uh, eight, eight, for And even if it wouldn't have made a lot of money, he would have been, he would have been set sort of like the way that, um, you know, uh, what's the guy? oh God, I'm blanking the horror film this year that I, that I adored, um, hereditary. Uh, yes. Hereditary. Like, Ari a- a- Ari, yeah, Ari Aster's career is kind of set, you know, Yeah. he's uh, um i mean it, that was also a big hit but that movie was also such a critically acclaimed that guy's i mean the he already he got his he got his second film from A24 even before hereditary hit theaters they loved him that much and they knew they had such a great film on their hands and um that would have been the case It would have been like you know today's modern um hereditary and and he would have work lined up and people would would be like oh my god you know what I mean (laughs) even if he'd been around for a while you know he's not like you know Ari Aster did one film but but still like when you have something like this people take notice but I guess you know the industry and you know it was everything was sort of like you know not (laughs) there's no internet it's a very very different kind of period in terms of press and things that break through right absolutely um, so, so, so great it was much easier back then for great films to be overlooked and lost
1: that is true and also i was just like real quick on the on the topic of hereditary uh tying it back around um i'm glad that we brought that up i went to see the second time i went to see hereditary i was uh, doing a job in san francisco and i went to the almo draft house there to go see it and they always have like the pre-show uh there and like all the yeah. like stuff and and um there was there was like a little interview with Ari Aster talking about the movies that had influenced Hereditary. And one of them you brought up was The Changeling was one of the ones that uh, had influenced the movie. Um, so that, that makes sense, right? Yeah, it makes complete sense. So I figured like if we're going to bring that context full circle um, for people, especially if you're listening to this and you didn't like Hereditary, um, then, you know, I'd still say give this a shot, but, like, but be forewarned, this is not a... Like, like I said, this is not sort of the typical film that that Severin puts out. Um, this is this is a much much different.
0: Yeah, at the same time, you know, maybe people didn't like Red Terry but I would assume if people think about like horror classics, you know, it, it's in line with something like you know Nicholas Rogue's Don't Look Back, which is incredible. mean yeah, he's just it's
1: one of the greatest. Just, and it's
0: <laughs> that movie's terrifying. And, and let's yes. put it this way, The Changeling is terrifying. I mean, maybe we haven't underscored that enough. It, like. I was watching it late at night by myself, and I was actually like one of the first times when I was like, "I'm a little bit, I'm down in the basement, and it's dark, and I'm a little bit freaked <laughs> out." Um, and the interesting thing is, like, this hasn't ha- it, it, it happened to me, and then I was, and I realized, my God, this is—I cannot remember the last time this happened to me. Was this ten years ago? I don't know. But I'm watching it, and at one point, I can't remember specifically, but maybe during the seance, it's got the sort of famous seance scene that's really, really oh, intense. God. Yes. Um is and it just escalates and escalates and it's just really terrifying. But it, it's such a small thing, but all of a sudden all the hairs on my arm stood up and, and you know, all on my body really. And and I was like, oh I had that sort of chill. And uh, you know, it's like I just kind of realized, wow, I haven't experienced that kind of feeling in a long time. I can't remember the last time um, something like that happened to me. Other than, I mean, I guess it was recent. It was a different experience. But in Hereditary, I actually like, <laughs> I screamed out loud in the theater. <laughs> did you really? Uh, <laughs> I
1: did. That's awesome. No, I. I the...
0: <laughs> did. Um, it's just funny. You could have a whole other podcast about. I can't believe we didn't talk about Hereditary. But like, I can't. Uh, literally, one either. time, I like had a like, ah! like I, I screamed. Um, I think, and immediately afterwards, I. I shut my hands over my mouth and I started dying laughing because I couldn't believe I had actually done that. And I had this sort of total physical reaction that like I it couldn't help. And then I was just dying laughing for the next like three minutes straight. And I was like so embarrassed. And I thought, oh, my God, people are going to like, l- like, you know, when the lights go on, people are going to totally look and laugh at me, like for sure. And I think everybody was so terrified in that moment that nobody noticed. That's good. Really that's
1: probably a back. good thing. I, I never, I, uh, <laughs> I didn't have that sort of reaction with the movie, but I definitely the 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 one scene towards the first third, which I'm not spoiling Hereditary, but you know the scene. Uh, my jaw actually literally dropped. Like you know how people say like, oh my jaw dropped. Mine actually yeah. dropped for a good three minutes and did not like, I like my mouth just set, sat there a gape like, I can't believe what I just witnessed happened. Holy sh- Jesus Christ! But uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway,
0: but, yeah. Back the to... same <laughs> thing is, is is I mean, I didn't have the, the same screaming reaction, but I was un- You know, I I. I love those horror movies that can just kind of like, unsettle you. I feel like that's such a, sometimes much more powerful kind of fear than than the whole like oh my god this is scary. I mean I don't know. You're more much more of a horror film than I am, fa- horror fan than I am, and and I know when people go to horror films, sometimes they have a very, um, very kind of, I think that's maybe why Hereditary isn't necessarily liked, is that um, people have a very specific kind of uh, reaction or or expectation when they think of a horror film. But to me, this is kind of like a real, real kind of classy and classic horror that's very, very unsettling, very unnerving in that same kind of way that The Shining is. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of, for me personally, that's kind of my favorite horror. So this to me is like this sort of, um, this total gem that's like, I, I'm, it, you never hear it. You know, if you talk about the greatest haunted house films of all time, it doesn't really come up when you talk about the greatest horror films of all time, it doesn't really come up. Uh, it is just so, um, it's so underrated and, and so, uh, overlooked. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just something really, it's really something special, man. It's really, it's really, um, it's gorgeous too just it,
1: um, it really is and'm I'm, I'm there with you like and you know you mentioned I me being a bigger horror fan but this is still my favorite type of horror as well mm-hmm, like when it mm-hmm. when it's classier when it's done up when it when it isn't just you know the type of movie that um, someone would turn their nose at and and I, I totally get that like perception that some people have or, or like a certain like you said when an audience why people didn't like hereditary maybe wouldn't like something like this they're they're looking for more like a theme park ride you know they're looking for something that's like has these has these peaks and that elicits a reaction that you know might be fabricated of some way but they they want to hit that reaction they want to hit that high and then they want to go out of the, the theater like not really thinking too much about it it's almost like going to a comedy for for a certain audience
0: really for a certain um, audience yeah i think
1: yeah. so i think so i, 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 I I don't understand that audience at all. Like, I don't I think they're, uh, well, I, I do. And I don't, I I don't from the standpoint of like, Wouldn't you rather just watch like something good? I, I do enjoy a good, like, I mean, I enjoy like a good true B movie, like something that was made on a low budget and maybe has some like crazy ass, like gore effects or something like that. But, but I think of like, a, like, I think of like a movie like truth or dare that came out earlier this year where it's just like, but like, which i went to see and it was stupid and but like that type of audience where i'm like i just like i just want to go see this and experience this and then go home you know feeling whatever and i'm like but don't you want to have something that actually like lingers with you that you want to sit with a little bit and and actually like you know feel something um and so i don't know that's that's a whole nother conversation i guess but that's um yeah, I'm I'm with you in the sense that I qu- don't quite understand that experience, um, but th- I agree that this is such a it's it's a gem, really. This movie, and yeah, uh, I mean,
0: I, I hope I hope that we fact that we bring in the Shining is 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 at least some sort of touchstone if you're looking for something, yes. you know. Um, and those movies also, like you know, have their kind of abrupt kind of horror, not jump scares exactly, but they do have this kind of jarring element to it. Um, mm-hmm. That's uh, that's very chilling, and very freaky. You know, um, the music and everything helps to that. It's just kind of its own uh, its own kind of thing. You know, a little interesting thing is that uh, Melvin Doug- Douglas, who plays the the you know the prominent U.S. senator and, the, and business tycoon, who sort of factors into the movie later when the the, the, the movie sort of uh, uh, when when it sort of you know. Um, George C. Scott goes a little bit down the the rabbit hole of investigating what's going on with his right. house, um, because he's you know there's this this presence, there's these strange things going on, and he becomes, as you uh, mentioned earlier, kind of very obsessed with with finding out the story. He, he there's this attic, he points to a child, the child's death, and he he starts really investigating. And then later on in the picture, this this senator comes into the to the story, and uh, Melvin Douglas actually has the the you know. He's a, you know, uh, he's very old by the time, but he, but he's got first billing in this movie. Does, does Melvin uh, Douglas have first billing? Yeah. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it
1: was George C. Scott, but. Well, you would
0: think so, but at least in the credits, when the credits came up on screen, he's the first, um, it, bill? yeah, he's the first credit that came up. And I was like, wow. Wow. I mean, he's like a, you know, pretty, uh, you know, he was in the Notchka in the 1930s. And, right. And, and, uh, uh, you know, he's, a. Uh, Quite the classic actor um and he's great in this movie but, too
1: like yes, i think yes. that final confrontation between uh him and george c scott is uh maybe my favorite scene well maybe other than the seance scene which i think is the the best yeah. scene in the film but i think that confrontation is is
0: uh really really strong um he's and also uh he's also in being there if anyone remembers the character oh of benjamin, yeah how ashley benjamin yeah. yeah 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 and, and he won uh the best sporting actor for that and changeling was one of his last movies he he died like uh a, a year later oh man uh, he, well the Changeling was 80 his last movie was 81 and he died in uh 81 wow um
1: yeah yeah I was, and uh to double back what you're saying about like the classier elements um just just uh real quick uh, is that like a movie like this and, and like you, you mentioned the shining, we mentioned don't look now the exorcist definitely fits fits in this category too, where it's like, yeah, they, yeah. they made this movie a drama first. And and I think that's the key is like, they, they're not going for, yeah the, you yeah. know, they're not just going for these, these thrills for you. They're like, we're, we're going to make it a drama. We're going to make you invested in this. And so therefore, when the actual haunting scary elements come into play you feel them along with the characters and i think that's that's incredibly smart and i think this movie definitely fits into that category of of horror movie for sure um,
0: uh, um which, an, uh, an interesting and interesting little tie-in is that uh uh it's very it's very nicholas rogue who did um don't look back and uh donald camel was uh uh one of the uh uh, he was one, originally going to be uh, one of the directors on it, and, and Donald Camel, uh, I believe he – didn't he direct a performance with Nicolas Cage? Or, sorry, Nicolas Cage. Nicholas <laughs> <Nicolas> Rogue. Rogue. <laughs> yeah, it was the, those two uh, – Nicholas Cage. Um, Camel and, and Nicholas Rogue both directed performance together in
1: 1970.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and Camel almost almost directed it. Um, performance is really awesome. If you haven't seen it, and, I haven't the,
1: actually, that's a rogue movie. And, I've been meaning to go back and check out. Yeah. And
0: and while you're at it, man, like just try and watch everything that rogue did because he's amazing. Oh yeah. Walk about and man who fell to earth. Like,
1: yeah, yes, yeah. 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 I guess
0: the last thing I would say is just like the transfer and everything is really, really amazing. Oh, it's and so good. It, looks, it looks so good. And the other thing is it's like, it looks really amazing, but it also made me want to see it in theaters because, and it also just made me realize that like, like, You know, we don't really have this anymore. You see the look, and you really, really, really—it's like you know when you see a movie, and it's like, oh God, this is like shot on film. Like you, you know, it's really like there's grain, there's texture. It feels so lived in. It feels so real. Um, The the just the you know just the look of it is. uh, I just I was like, man, I I really want to see this on 35 millimeter blown up. You know, like uh, it's just. you really, really get that sort of – that that texture that you just don't get elsewhere. And it just really um, – it just really stands out. It just kind of gives you that extra – it's very in that kind of way because you don't – even when you do see films, see movies in, that were shot on film, you know, sometimes you're just, you're just into the movie. But it just really struck me as that kind of thing. It almost reminded me like, you know, if, if Christopher Nolan would see this film, it would be the type of film that he would, you know – uh, he would extol those kind of virtues of it, you know, he would exactly. really go on. I was about literally it about it kind of like... to say that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, I've seen plenty of, you know, we've all seen thousands of movies shot on DVD or, you know, shot on film that we've seen on DVD, but this one is just like really, really striking to me that just that, that kind of, yeah, it really made me think of Nolan and think of like him being like, just, you know, going on at length like he does about,
1: Oh yeah i would and love it, it, it if it, he it, like it. did uh was able to do like an unrestored print or something yeah you know like yeah, yeah like use his yeah. sort of clout to, to to put those movies out uh there to to do something like that or get repertory screenings of it um that would be it would be phenomenal i would i would kill i would kill to see this in a theater period um yes. even if it was a dcp um but to see this on film like i would i would love to um and and yeah i'm right there like i think lastly for me is like i'm right there with you i i was kind of i was blown away by this movie uh i did not um you know i'd heard it was good and i was i was strapped in for it but i was i was not uh anticipated being uh you know unsettled and and kind of having to wrestle with it and and like you i watched it watched it late at night saturday and um and was just yeah i was like really hooked hooked in it and um I I highly recommend people seek this out. Um it is available on Severin's website. It's available on Amazon or if you live near somewhere that has that sells boutique Blu-rays like I think Barnes & Noble does as well. Um this is, you know, seek this out. It's it's well worth your time.
0: Yeah, and it's out it's out now, right? Is yes, it is, it out? is out now. It's,
1: yep. You can yeah. you can get it you can get it now. It's not uh this isn't uh pre-released at the moment. You can you can buy it buy it right now.
0: Yeah, very good.
1: awesome well let's go ahead and wrap this episode up here um we need to thank severin films for providing us with copies so we can tell you about how how great this uh this movie is so please seek that movie out um as always as i mentioned on the top of the episode you can uh subscribe to us on the playlist podcast network uh you can subscribe to us on itunes stitcher soundcloud uh you could find us here on the playlist.net um if you like the show leave us a comment leave us a rating let us know what we're doing right what we can improve on um we'd love to hear from you um but as always rod thank you for for logging on and chatting this was this was a good uh
0: good discussion i'm I'm yeah
1: looking forward to doing some more uh repertory repertory talks with you
0: yeah yeah for sure i want to dive into some more old school stuff like that too yeah thanks for having me
1: absolutely